It's good to see everyone today. Welcome, welcome. As we continue to worship, I want to just recognize Betty Redditch had a birthday, I think. Was it yesterday? And so Betty's got a lot of her family here. If you're here connected with Betty, would you just raise your hand? Just wave it a little bit. So got a big section back there. All right. Appreciate that. It's great to see you today. Uh, how many of you noticed an 11 up on the screen? All right. So that's up there for a reason. Every once in a while, I time my message, and so I'm going to preach an 11-minute sermon today. All right. Now, who said amen? Somebody said amen. <laughs> that's great. Uh, there's a beatitude for preachers that says, blessed is the preacher that can get airborne without using much runway. So I am going to use a little bit of runway, but once I take off 11 minutes and I'm going to put the timer on so you'll see when the 11 minutes is done, no matter where I am, the message will be finished. All right. So this morning I want to talk about, remember the movie several years ago called Bucket List? How many of you remember that movie? I didn't go see it, but uh, two guys found out they were terminally ill, and they decided to take a road trip and try to do some things they've always wanted to do in life. They called it bucket list. I don't know if that term was before that or not. That's when it seemed to be more familiar. But you know, we all have a bucket list. You know, whether we say it or not, we all have things that we want to accomplish before we step into eternity. And sometimes we have a daily bucket list. It's always good to each day have kind of a bucket list of things you want to do. How many remember when this movie came out? It's crazy to believe it's been that long. It's been about 12 years. It was on December 25th, 2007 when the movie came out. But again, I've heard that term a lot now, like, hey, that's on my bucket list, that's on my bucket list. And so again, it's something to think about. And this morning, I'm going to kind of reduce our bucket list down to 11 minutes here in just a minute, all right? So sometimes we have a big bucket. You know, people that are young, man, they dream about all the things they want to accomplish in life. But the reality is, in honesty, we do not know how much time we have. But it's always good to wake up. You got to have a reason to get up every day. You got to have a purpose. It's always good to have some things in your bucket list, right? But sometimes our bucket list becomes very small, all right? And I'm depending on Brenda today, by the way, because my clicker doesn't work with the clock up here, and so I am totally dependent upon my wife, all right? How many of you think it's good when the pastor and wife have to get along during church, all right? So I've tried to really be nice to her this morning, all right? So anyway, I appreciate her. But sometimes our life, our bucket list is itty-bitty. You know, 11-hour Time, or 11 minute time period is very, very small. It's not much of a time to really accomplish much. But why 11 minutes? Why are we going to do an 11 minute message? Well, it's based on an actual true story that happened uh, back in the year uh, January 31st, 2000. Flight Alaskan Airline Flight 261 left from Mexico and they were heading to Seattle. They were going to make a stop in San Francisco and then up to Seattle. And it went like most other flights went. However, during the flight, there were problems. And this particular flight did not make it. And during the flight, they lost some altitude. And the pilots, in doing the research, it is incredible how these pilots did everything possible to keep this plane going. 
but they dropped altitude and they radioed to the LA airport. They were heading for San Francisco, but they radioed to the LA airport wanting to know if they could make an emergency landing. So they had dropped from about 26,000 feet down to about 20,000 feet and they lost control of the plane because the horizontal stabilizer on the back of the plane was locked tight. So they could not control the horizontal position of the plane. And so they found out later, unfortunately, that the maintenance had not been done. They had not lubricated that thing. Otherwise, it should have worked perfectly. But anyway, they found out and they radioed to the L.A. Uh, tower that they were going to try to make an emergency landing and about four minutes later the plane went down and so uh, if we go to the next slide air travel how many of you get a little nervous flying by the way when I was kind of doing some research on this we were flying out to Jackson Hole Wyoming and so this was kind of in the back of my mind. And how many of you know, and I've, I've been told, that flying is absolutely the safest mass way to, to, to be transported from one place to another. It's really, overall, it's very, very safe. Much safer than driving. Much safer. But back in 2018, there were 4.1 billion passengers. Your odds of dying in a plane crash are about 1 in 11 million. How many of you that make you feel better? All right. Now, I always think, you know, I remember what Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always. Amen. And so when we were flying out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, I was thinking about this flight and doing some research on it. They say the most dangerous time for an airplane, the most time that most planes crash is in the landing. And so as we were approaching Jackson Hole, Wyoming, we hit massive turbulence, probably as much as I can ever remember. How many of you know that when you hit that turbulence, and I'm thinking of Flight 261, I'm, you know, I began to pray and get right with God, make sure everything was good, but you know, you just never know. About 110 people a year die in plane crashes, but that also includes private planes and non-crash related accidents, all right? So really, flying is extremely safe. However, when you're up in that plane, I mean, again, you're totally in the hands of technology and the pilots, all right? So let's look at the next slide. So their bucket list, again, was about 11 minutes from the time he radioed the LA airport saying we're having problems to the time the plane went down was about 11 minutes. Now, there's a story that's going around that's been told about Flight 261 that was very intriguing, I gotta tell you, because there was a, a pastor and his wife on this flight, true story, and the rumor, or the thing going around, the story going around was that when the plane, the last 11 minutes, this pastor's wife got on the intercom and she was sharing the plan of salvation to everybody that was on the plane. And the story went that as the plane was going down, the last thing they heard was her leading the plane in a sinner's prayer. Now, I want to tell you, that's moving. I mean, that's moving to think that she would do that. But I want to be really honest with you. There is absolutely no record of that anywhere. There is no record. And, and just when you think about common sense, if that plane was going through all that turbulence, you're going to be seated 
with the seatbelt on. You're probably not going to be walking around in the cabin. So again, the black box, they did find the black box, but they do not record anything that happens in the cabin. It's all what happens in the cockpit. But they do have the recording of the pilots talking back and forth. But that 11 minutes, that, there was an 11-minute window that would be the last 11 minutes of these 88 people's lives. Now, I want you to think they were coming back from Mexico, and, and they have a list. You can look online and find the list of all 88 people that were on board Flight 261. Several of them were young. Some were, had just graduated high school. They were going down for vacation, and they were on their way home. And so here's kind of a picture. Well, there was the picture. It went, that's okay. Go, you can go ahead and... So the picture was they, the flight went down about 40 miles off of L.A. there at Anacapa Islands there. That's where the plane went down. And other planes were in the area and actually witnessed the plane going down. And there's some recorded conversation about the plane going down. So let's look at who was on board. The 88 people on board, there were two pilots, three flight crew, and 83 passengers were on board Flight 261. All right? The average age of the passengers was 41 years old. 13 of the people were 20 years old or younger. Two of them were under one year uh, of age. 16 of the people were 60 years or older. So again, the average age, about 41. This is one family that was on board Flight 261, the Clementson family. It pictures the husband and wife and the three children who isn't pictured. They had a six-month-old named Spencer who also was on board but is not in this picture. So this was probably the biggest family that was on board the plane that went down that day. And then there was the husband and wife. This is the pastor and his wife from Monroe, Washington. And again, the story is told that she got on the, the intercom in the cabin and gave the plan of salvation. Now again, I would love to believe that was true. I mean, there's everything about me would love to believe that was true. Again, there's no evidence. And again, most people that you talk to say there's probably no way she's going to get up when the plane is going through all that problem and try to make their way to the front. But I would like to believe if we had that 11-minute window, we would take that opportunity one last time to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the, the, the newspaper article the next day, and I kind of highlighted the first sentence there, it says the pilots of Alaskan Airlines Flight 261 struggled in vain for 11 minutes before losing to a control problem. They gave everything they could to keep that plane going. Again, they radioed to LA and they said, can we make an emergency landing? So in their mind, they still believed they were gonna survive. But they did not realize that would be the last 11 minutes they would be on this side. And so this morning, I want to do an 11-minute message based on that true story of the last 11 minutes that they were alive on this planet. Because 11 minutes can really change a lot of things if we use that time wisely. So we're going to start the clock, if we can. I'm dependent upon Brenda up there. And as she starts the clock, and again, as the clock goes, whenever the clock gets to zero, I just want you to stand because the sermon will be finished. So I'm going to try to do what I do in 11 minutes. David's up there helping. How many of you are hoping the clock starts, all right? Because that will make the sermon go quicker, all right? 
so I didn't freeze the clock. I wouldn't do that to you. So our clock is started. And to think again, the plane in 11 minutes is going to hit the water and all those people are going to step into eternity. So I want to, seven things I just want us to go over real quick. Number one, if we could switch the slide. Are we working? We're not working. We're in trouble. This could go longer. Number one, are things right with you and God? You know, I have to believe that if you were in that airplane and all that turbulence was going on, two things I find in studying people that are in that situation, you know, 9-11, the people who were caught in the upper tower and they knew things were coming to an end and they have actually uh, voiced things of the cockpit of planes going down. Two things generally happen. Either people curse God or they get right with God. It's amazing to me that people would curse God in their last breath, but many people will turn to God. And I have to believe that on this flight, the people knew something was desperately wrong. And it's my prayer, I mean, that everybody on that plane got right with God because, again, they were getting ready to step into eternity. And so I want to ask today, during our 11-minute sermon, I, I want to ask you the most important thing I could ask you. Do you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that if you were to step into eternity today, that you would spend an eternity with Jesus Christ because you have him in your heart as Lord and Savior. I want to pray just a simple little sinner's prayer. I want everybody to pray it, everybody to repeat out loud with me. And hopefully everybody here has already made that commitment. But maybe there's one person here this morning that maybe you've put off making that relationship with God. And God has given you this 11-minute window to nail down the most important decision you could ever make in life, and that's trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So I want to pray a prayer. You pray with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. And thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. And to come into my life as Lord and Savior. From this day forward, my life belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, I believe, and if you truly meant it, I believe this is the greatest 11 minutes of your life that you made that commitment to Christ. But again, I have to believe that everybody on board was somehow either getting right with God. And I know there were probably some who were bitter to God. But, you know, when you were singing SOS, Denise, I thought about, of course, I knew what I was going to be preaching. But I believe there were a lot of SOS prayers offered up that day. I don't believe that anyone on Flight 261 died alone. I believe that God was there in a very special way. Number two, would you quote a scripture? You know, it's amazing to me when I find people that are in this kind of a situation, many of them will quote a scripture for comfort in their life. In the 9-11, I remember hearing so many stories of people who were quoting scripture because, again, they knew their time was incredibly short. And it's amazing to me that probably the one scripture they quote more than any other is what we call the model prayer or the Lord's Prayer. And so let's read that together if we can get to the next screen. Let's read it together, the Lord's Prayer. Let's take part of this 11 minutes and just read a very familiar prayer that we often pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. God's word does bring comfort and strength when we're going through a difficult time. Number three, there's no evidence and there's no recorded evidence of anybody on that plane calling out. I don't even know where cell phones were back in 2000. But I know in 9-11, there's so many instances where people knew they were in big trouble and they called out. And without exception, let me ask you, if you had three calls to make, who would you call? Can anybody holler out? Who's one of the first people you would call? Anybody holler out? Wife, mom, kids. How many of you would call the pastor? I had one guy in the second service, all right? But he did tell me afterwards you would be number three, pastor. If I didn't, if I didn't get to you, you were number three. But can I tell you in honesty, I wouldn't expect to be on your list. I would expect you to call your spouse, your children, your mom. Can I tell you, when it's all said and done, our relationship with family and friends means the absolute most. And let me just say this, and, and we got about five minutes left, but I hope that today, if God gives us a bucket that lasts for today, I hope before today is over that you're able to tell all of your family you love them. You know, my mom died suddenly. I was 13. I was sleeping. It was early in the morning. She got up to go to the restroom and just fell over in the restroom. And one of the things I always regretted was never, ever telling my mom. I don't remember ever telling my mom, I love you. I hope today does not, the sun does not go down until you tell your loved ones you love them. It really is important to remind them of that thing, all right? So number four, do you have any bitterness in your heart? Is there anybody that you need to forgive? You know, I don't think any of us would want to step into eternity not being right with God. We want to be right with God, but we also want to be right with our fellow man. And those two go hand in hand. I want us to take just a few seconds. I just want you to ask God this morning if there's any bitterness in your heart against anybody who has wronged you. And I want to tell you, if you're alive, you've been wronged at some point. Jesus said it's impossible, but that offenses will come. You're going to have been offended in life. Take just a minute. Let's bow together. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit, is there any bitterness? Is there anybody that you have not forgiven and released who has wronged you or your family? And with you, with gritted teeth, with, by the grace of God, would you just release them and realize that Jesus died for them? All right, number five. What's the one thing on your bucket list you regret most not doing? You know, I'd hate to step into eternity with something really important in my bucket list. I want to encourage you. Wouldn't it be great every day if we would get up and really take a look at what our bucket list is? And, and I define a bucket list for a Christian is what God has put on your heart that he wants you to accomplish every day. Now, some things we have to plan for, but I believe every day. Wouldn't it be great if every day we could live every day as though this were the last day, that we were going to do everything we could to fulfill 
fulfill our mission every single day. I believe God wants us to do that. I want to encourage you, if there's something on your bucket list that you know God has put on your heart and you're putting it off, do it. I want to encourage you, if it's possible, do it today. Do it this week. Don't put off doing something God has put on your heart. I hope that you will accomplish that. Number six, what words would you like written on your tombstone? You know, if we're going to step into eternity, somewhere there's going to be a funeral, a pastor's going to stand up, or somebody's going to stand up and talk about your life. A couple years ago, uh, Ed Lewis gave me a shirt and a couple of weeks ago, Joey French gave me a plaque with the same thing written on it. And it says, so live your life that the preacher doesn't have to lie at your funeral. <laughs> now, I want to say, you know, we don't, we all, you know, we think about what they, we want. What would we want people to see about our life? Can anybody holler out? What would you like? If, if they could put anything on a, a tombstone that when people walk through, they would look at that and see what your life was about, what would you want it to say? Anybody holler out? Faithful. Faithful. Joyful. Faith. Nobody in none of the services ever hollered out, all my stuff. <laughs> Can I tell you, when it's all said and done, all the stuff you collect, doesn't really mean anything. What matters is a relationship with God and a relationship with people. I want to just encourage you, if we can live every day and, and fulfill what God wants us to do, I mean, wouldn't it be great if they could walk by and see what life was really meant to be? And hopefully that's true of us. Number seven, is there one final act of kindness you can do? We got a little bit over a minute. You know, obviously on the plane, they would be very limited of what they could do if they were in that situation. But I have to believe, I do have to believe that Joe and his wife Linda, who were on that plane, who went down. I have to believe, even though if they didn't get up and physically go and say something over the PA, I have to believe they were encouraging everybody around them. And perhaps there in her seat, she shared the plan of salvation. I mean, I believe that she probably did everything possible that last moment to leave a final act of kindness. You know, sometimes it's the little things we do. And I'm going to just give out a couple cups of water here. I appreciate Rick. He has a servant's heart. And I just want to give you that in the name of Jesus. Just tell you I love you, brother. I got time for one more quick cup. Anybody that sits on the front row, man, I love them, man. <laughs> you know, 11 minutes isn't very long. But can I remind you that all of us are going to have a final 11 minutes, all of us. Unfortunately, we don't always know when that is. But let me just give you a couple tributes they made, if we can go to the next slide. They made a, a, a memorial to the people on Flight 261, and this is on the beach near where they were crashed off to the shore there in the Pacific Ocean. Next slide. The spirits of the 88 lost, we celebrate their lives and remember them with love. And then one of the little girls on the plane, her name was Rachel, if we could go to the next slide. 
they made a little playground up in Seattle called Rachel's Playground. That's one of the little girls that was on the plane that lost her life. And finally, about 10 years after the event, back in 2010, many of the family gathered on the shore near where the accident was. They released 88 doves in memory of the 88 souls that lost their life. I want to just close. I didn't do this in the first service, but actually got on YouTube and found the actual cockpit recording of the final final minutes, really, of Flight 261. And I just want you to hear the last, it's about 60 or 70 seconds. The pilot from 261 will radio in saying they, they, they've lost altitude, and he wants them to give them a window of 20,000 to 25,000 feet because they're having trouble holding it. So he's asking permission to, to have a pretty wide range there. And you'll hear the radio report back uh, to 261 and so they're kind of going back and forth but these are actually the final words of the pilots who literally were fighting for their life to save this flight so let's listen to it just for a minute about again 60 70 seconds General Alaska 261 we are uh, in a dive here Alaska 261 uh, say again Circle pitch Alaska 261 say again sir yeah we're out of 26,000 feet we are in a vertical dive, not a dive yet, but uh, we've lost vertical control of our airplane. Flaska 261, Roger. Uh, 237, request. Uh, yeah, we got it back under control there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Flaska 261, uh, say the altitude you'd like to uh, remain at. 10 Fox Direct, go direct ocean side. Direct ocean side, Sam Fox. Alaska 552, descent of maintain, final to the very end to save the plane. Again, my heart goes to the pilots. I hope we can live every day and fulfill what God has asked us to do. And again, not put off till tomorrow what God's put on your heart. I want us to take a, just a moment of invitation. We're going to get out early. So if your roast is set for noon, you're good. You're good. I want us to take a minute before we leave maybe you're here today and maybe you prayed that prayer to invite Christ into your life I want to encourage you to tell some people around you or slip out and come down to say I prayed that prayer or maybe there's somebody here close I know Betty's got a lot of family here if you got a family somebody here close let's encourage you to turn just tell them you love them this morning if you need to go across the room maybe somebody who's invested in your life and you just want to just tell them you love them Maybe somebody you've been praying for, you want to slip out and just go to them and just let them know you're praying for them. Let's just take a couple minutes and just love on each other. If you're here today and you need someone to pray with you, we 
want to pray for you. If you have a physical need or if you're just in kind of a spiritual warfare, we'd love to pray for you this morning. So as David plays softly, I just want you to take a few minutes and just find a couple people around you or go across the room. And let's just take a little bit of time, just a couple minutes, and just kind of love on each other and encourage each other. And I pray that we would fulfill what God has in our bucket list.